0: The show you're about to hear is a member of the Planes Talkers Podcast Network. To find out more, go to PlanesTalkersPodcast.com.
1: Plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one mana.
0: Well, I mean, all the good ones do.
1: No, you just need one mana eight lines of text cards. I, uh, somebody agrees with you. Not unless you want to sit here and talk about Shadowrun for another 20 minutes. If you agree to edit it. Sure. <laughs>
0: Jake. and I'm Matt, and we are Cantrip Cartel. We're proud members of the Stalkers Podcasting Network, and we're here on a Wednesday to talk magic. Matt, how are you doing today? Uh, I've got a bonus day of stuff to talk about this week. No, you don't. Yeah.
1: No, well, I do. I just didn't do anything with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like Jake said, we're recording on a Wednesday. Uh, we had some technological differences,
0: <laughs> idiocracy, so just recording a day late. Shockingly enough, when we try and use technology in a way that we haven't used it a hundred times, it immediately fails. Yes, immediately. So, so nothing inf- really happened in between Tuesday and Wednesday yep. in Magic, so it shouldn't change anything. <laughs> nothing really happened between last week and this week in Magic. Yeah, <laughs> so it's probably going to be a shorter episode because the uh, turnaround time on this has got to be faster. I've got to get edited tonight and put it up. It was already looking to be kind of a slow episode because like we have a third topic this week. Because again, like other than like more Twitter stuff, and uh, there was the uh, the the arena. Um, economy thing that where they yeah. were like, yeah, the economy's great for us, sucks for you. That was literally the announcement, I feel like. Yep, nothing really happened. So we're going to gun through uh, some pretty fun tournaments we had locally that unfortunately none of us got to go to. Uh, before we get into that, how's your week been, Matt? Uh, not too bad. Uh, just been playing.
1: I uh, started playing Gloomhaven Digital again. Just been messing around with that. Telling Jake, it's before kind of, we
0: started recording, with, you can do some pretty cool stuff in it. It's kind of unfortunate that the online version is like the ideal way to play that game because it's so much fun to play in person. It is, but it's so complicated and so like uh, set up time intensive. Yeah, so like so
1: like I'll sit down and play, and like I'm doing a dungeon now that's probably going to take probably forty five minutes or an hour. I'm most of the way through it, and like most of the dungeons are like that. They're between half an hour and an hour, but every time you do one in person you've got another 20 or 30 minutes of setup and then the dungeons themselves take about a half an hour extra because you have to like the game automates everything yeah. and, well, and just doing it in person just takes
0: forever it does like we would we would hang out for a couple hours on sundays or whatever and we'd, we'd do one dungeon we'd show up we'd set a dungeon up we'd play it and it'd be like yep we'd start yeah, We We'd we'd do
1: one or two two tops. yeah because
0: it just takes a long time to go through the actions and you guys even had a really nice like pay to use app that helps streamline a lot yeah Yep. It's a fun game, but unfortunately it is just set up better for online
1: play because there's so much. So if anybody plays Gloomhaven, I've got a, a Soothsinger, a Berserker, a Sunkeeper, and a Spellweaver. So basically a Bard, a Mage, a Paladin, and a, uh, like, I mean, Berserker is kind of Berserker. Yeah. Right. Like a Barbarian from yep. D&D. Uh, so you can do a bunch of cool combos. And Age like, for life. Yep. I've I Spellweaver's awesome. Like, I had retired my previous Spellweaver, because in Gloomhaven, as you retire characters, the prosperity of the town Gloomhaven goes up. And then the higher your prosperity is for Gloomhaven, when you start new characters, they start at a higher level. You unlock more items, stuff like that. But then I was like, I really want a, another Spellweaver just because a level nine Spellweaver gets a move that hits every enemy in the room. And it's bonkers because yep. you can just set up. You basically, you with that, you kind of set up a turn. You don't really do a whole lot else. You You can, but all I focus on is... Getting in the room, doing the move Inferno, which damages everything once, and maximizing that, and then keeping myself alive <laughs> yep. until I can get to the next room that and was like v-
0: looting and stuff. Pretty much how I played, where I, I don't think I had Inferno, but I had different spells. But you had just these huge AoEs, and it was all about setting up for with all your equipment, all your stuff, one massive, because all your equipment's one time use yep. per dungeon, and it's setting up for a massive attack, blowing your load. And then trying to like nitpick here.
1: Yeah. So Inferno is just that to the nth degree yep. where you're just like, I don't have to aim. I just have to step one foot inside this room. And the the one of the interesting things about it is it does hit your allies. It doesn't hit them with the full attack, but I think they all take like yeah. So it's a reasonable attack, but like what you want to do there is be the only one in the room and then drop invisible so you can't get attacked. It's
0: funny how it forces you to play very much not like you would with that character, because the whole point of this character is very low health uh very low like armor essential like very squishy and it encouraged you to play an aggressive in the front strategy that's kind of cool yeah. it's really cool that they put like this uh like this like cost to this really powerful thing they did like it costs you something to mm-hmm. use it you don't just get all the fun stuff for free even though yep. it's a really good ability
1: yeah oh yeah i mean that's like i said that's how i play it i i just want to get to level 9 and i you and, can get a movement ability that at the end of your move it makes you go invisible so like it's a big move and then you go in the room Become invisible, blow everything up, and then they can't attack you. Anyways, maybe uh, maybe we could get
0: someone that works at cards. Yeah, how there's downsides, but some restrictions and some drawbacks on stuff.
1: No, you just need one mana, eight lines of text cards.
0: I uh, somebody agrees with you.
1: <laughs> yeah, they they do <laughs> sell packs. They do. <laughs> how about you, Jake? You had the week
0: off. What'd you do? I on my week off, kind of got into mini painting a little. Uh, when I when the family gathering came over. We went out to a card shop, we are kind of goofing around, and instead of spending another 30, 40 bucks on packs, I talked to my wife about maybe getting into painting minis, just as like a fun hobby. She's a, she's an artist, she likes painting, I'm looking for uh, something else to put my money in, because magic is just, you now. So, I picked up a paint set, which, oh my god, paints are expensive. They like, are. I didn't really, like, the, I got a, a little set that had like five or six tiny little things, and it was decently priced, but like, looking on the wall, they're like four or five bucks a piece for the little dinky ones. Yep. The brushes are like 10 bucks a piece. The minis are like three or four dollars a piece like the little like I, the minis are cheap. But anyway, so I bought I ended up buying a mini. I bought some paint starter set. I went home. I spent a lot of the week playing a lot of Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. I do love that game. that has got plenty of bullshit with it and it's. I have plenty of gripes with it, but I do love that game. I'm, like, 60-ish hours in. I just basically got to, like, the land of the giants. You get to the capital. I guess, spoiler alert, if you're that worried about it. Like, when you get to the capital, you do some stuff, you kind of hit a roadblock, and you have to go to the land of the giants, acquire some material so you can get past this. I had a lot of fun with that. I also spent a lot of time on YouTube watching a lot of, like, how-tos, tutorials, and, like, the five things I wish I knew when I started painting minis. But a lot of that stuff. And painted my first mini. I ended up, I got a, uh, I'd seen someone use this. I thought that was such a good... It's like a little soldering kit where it has like little clamps that would hold things and and, like rigid, which I don't use. But it has a mounted magnifying glass. And so a lot of times when you're painting the mini, it's fine just to hold it and paint on it. I suck because I'm new. You're supposed to suck when you're new. It's really nice to get under the magnifying glass and like really get up close to like, I was doing like, uh, the the character I painted had like some iron rings holding some straps together. Mm -hmm. Get like really close in there and paint those silver.
1: Yeah, I bet. Because I mean, you can barely... You can barely I'm, see the iron I eye almost can't see it,
0: yeah. And so being able to get this magnified a couple times was the difference in the world. So I painted it. I spent a couple hours painting it. Obviously, I went much slower than anybody else, and it's. I'm sure it's missing tons of detail that could have been there, and it's tons of layering that could have been there. I tried layering. I tried doing highlights, all this stuff. I showed it to my wife, and she was like, wow, that looks good. And I was like, what do you mean, wow? And she was like, I mean, better than I thought your first one would be, right? So I put a picture up, because I, I was proud of it, because it looks okay. It looks fine. I, I talked to Matt the other day, and he's like, yeah, it looks a lot better. I thought your first one would look. Yeah. <laughs> that seems to be the general consensus is yeah. everyone thought I would suck dick and I only kind of sucked. Yeah.
1: The, it was a very mediocre mini. Yeah. And yeah. when you paint your first thing,
0: the the expectation is you're not going to do a very good job. Yep. And it came out like, it came out that if I were to be playing with anybody and they set that out, I wouldn't look at it twice. Nope.
1: It's for just better cool. or for worse. A mini.
0: Yeah. It looked like a painted mini that somebody paint, somebody that knew what they were doing probably painted quickly and knew it Right.
1: Yep. Mind. You got right in the middle. Yep. And the expectation is on the, the low to end. be at the
0: bottom. So, yep. and I had a lot of fun. Actually, today I went <laughs> my truck, but I went and bought a couple more paints. I bought another mini to paint. I've actually got some minis from Etsy coming mm-hmm. because we're looking at doing shadow runny stuff, and it's hard to find shadow Run. Yep. But on Etsy, there's a lot of people with resin 3D printers that have access to some really cool files, like custom made files that are very shadow runny. So Sarah and I ordered some really. She ordered a uh, like a cyber corgi. Yeah. I ordered a couple. uh, They're really cool. i need to show them to you. They're like, they look to me like people, like cyborg people that have like super, it it was supposed to be like super cut, like muscle lines. Yeah. I'm going to paint it like they're uh, super, super defined, like uh, cyber people that have like plates scrapped on their skin. Mm -hmm. So they're like, if you were to break into a high security facility, like if you trip the alarm, these guys will like come out of cryopods and they would be like programmed people essentially yeah. to attack you. Yeah, they well, look it, really cool.
1: If if you want to get in a little bit of the Shadowrun lore, the there's a couple different things you mentioned there. So if you were going to like the 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 enemy you're talking about in Shadowrun terms would be a cyborg uh zombie. So what it exactly. is is somebody whose body has been in in Shadowrun you have essence, which is your your body's your soul's connection to your body. And as you replace body parts, you lose essence. When your essence gets to zero, you're dead. But someone with a essence of like 0.01 is considered like a cyber zombie, where they're not really a person anymore. They're far more machine than man. Yep. And like that's basically what those are. And then those plates, there's actually a thing called dermal plating, which you can replace your skin with I different figured. materials to give you armor.
0: I saw these and my my idea for them as a my, as a super GM was like. Like, like these are like a company, whether legally or not, like captures people, yep. essentially guts them, rebuilds them, yep. and sells them to fact sells them to for high end security. And so Sarah actually picked one to have hers, my wife. Yeah, she's gonna make that her character. And so my plan is, if we get playing, it the idea is, if we ever play, we yeah. might just paint minis to have fun. Like I said, I I'm hundred percent down to play Shadowrun. But I'm gonna I'm gonna help work with her to make her backstory. She's gonna be one of them. Like woke up. And so ideally, you'd move through the world. You'll eventually invade somewhere that'll have them. And she will, for the first time, see them mm-hmm. and realize like, oh, my God, what she is. I used to be. And then the, I have like, maybe she'll have like some kind of serial number. You guys can go through a whole thing of like, it's going to be very much. Uh, what was that movie with uh, Scarlett Johansson? Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. It'll be a very much yep. a ghost in the shell type thing where she'll realize what Trying she is. Trying to figure out who she is. And try to backtrack to figure out what she used to be. It was essentially destroyed. And Gotcha. Yeah. It's really cool. If you're looking for Shadowrun minis, they're like ish dollars, seven dollars a piece plus shipping to buy them single. I think I bought seven of them and it ended up being like fifty ish. They're a little more expensive than buying stuff at the local shop. Customization and like, there's just they have so much more available on Etsy you could ever imagine. Because it's it's funny they had there's like ten different guys all with the same file, even the same promo pictures. Because yeah. I'm sure it's one group or one company that designs these 3D files and then mm-hmm. sells them to. Produce. But it's super cool. It's like I'm really excited to yeah, get I'll more have into to... painting.
1: Uh, so, if we're if we're going to be playing sometime soon, I'll make a character, and then, so one of the other things I need to get you, like, if we're going to get serious about this, I have, so there's, it's the same thing with any RPG, there's the core rulebook, and then there's a bunch of other rulebooks, uh-huh. I have double copies of all, so, like, I need to get you those, because, like, when I make my character, I'll be using them, so just so you have them as a reference. Yeah, I need them, um, I need to...
0: I've started reading through the, we're playing third Third edition. edition, Yep. I started reading through a little bit. I started, I'm trying to watch some content, even if it's like, they're on sixth now, but I'll watch some sixth edition content to help get an idea of it. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, We're 12 minutes in. You ready to start talking about magic? I'll keep talking about Shadowrun all day. Well, let's keep this short. Before we get started, I do want to give a big shout out to Will and Aramis. Suckers Podcast, are uh, our, our mothership show, they brought us on when we got started. They do a wonderful standard-oriented podcast on Mondays at seven, 7 or 8. It might be 8. P. You follow them on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv for slash Planestockers Podcast. You'll get a notification when they go live. And like I said, Monday is their standard and sometimes kind of commanderish oriented podcast. Basically, everything you need to know about Stanford and then other relevant news. Wednesdays, they have like a real play live commander craft show they play where you can hop on and... like. If you join the Discord discord.plainbackerspodcast.com, you can actually join in play with them over spell table. It's a lot of fun. Matt and I play probably once a month, once every two months we'll hop on and play a couple games. Speaking of, their spell table Commandercraft this Saturday, the 26th, we are hosting a pretty much an all-day event for Extra Life, be a children's hospital, and I think they're in Albany, somewhere in New York. It's a actually a really cool story. Will's pseudo adopted son, he married his wife who had like a seven year old or whatever, stepson. Apparently had open heart surgery nine days after he was born. Saved his life. Gotcha. And so this is this hospital we're ra- we're, we're raising money to help um, this hospital who has a son because of it. So I think our goal set at a thousand dollars, very attainable. We're obviously hoping to smash that. If you guys want to come see us, uh, twitchtv forward slash soccer podcast Saturday. 1 p.m. Eastern Standard. We're gonna start with some CEDH. I'm gonna be there for sure. I think Matt might pop in there. A game Assuming or two. I'm not stuck at work, I plan on playing for at least a game. We're now. only gonna play one or two games of CEDH. Was gonna be earlier, and then in the evening we're gonna be bouncing around. We'll have tons of people coming in, going out. Maybe we will play all day. Maybe he'll like. We may play all day. We may get a whole like listener game going. But we're gonna be playing EDH kind of as long as we can help, trying to help keep it going and raise some money. Really good cause. Like, there's a lot of things in this world that are very polarizing. I don't think children's hospitals are one
1: let's hope not.
0: Yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah. If you're very much against children's hospitals, I'm okay with you not donating to our to oh our cause. <laughs>
1: Screw those kids. <laughs> yeah. We those, need
0: less of them. those kids with illnesses. <laughs> right. How dare you be born. <laughs> but I'll make sure and get the uh the donation link put up on these on all of our episodes this week, especially. And I would I'd love for you guys to donate, even if you can't come. Just a dollar is Chip in and help help us reach the goal and help get some money to these kids. Like obviously it's just it's just for that. But uh, I'd also love to see you come on and, you know, give us some give us some shit while we're playing and tell us all our misplays and make fun of us while we're trying to stumble through uh, some games on the uh, spell table, which yep. I do love playing commander. But it in reality is not the most conducive way to play commander.
1: Commander's pretty complicated and doing yeah. it online makes <laughs> <Okay>. it
0: worse. <laughs> all right. So I essentially have allotted 30 minutes for the rest of the episode. We've got about 15 minutes each. SCG Con was this weekend in Indy. Uh, I had planned on going. Matt had planned on going. They're just a large culmination of events between work and being busy. And um somewhat for me, being kind of in the wrong mental space. I just I knew it wouldn't be condu for me, it wouldn't have been today, and there's no reason to go spend a bunch of put myself around other people trying to have fun when I know I'm not we ended up not going. And my wife had to work, Matt was busy, I ended up getting to see family instead, which was amazing. But we do have results. Yep. So let's start with the SCG 5K for legacy Sunday. Yes.
1: So Uh just to preface this before we get into the top eight, uh looks like I don't know if this is accurate. So the way the, the data works here is like SCG has the data. It gets put on another site called uh we got it like MTG Goldfish is pulling from MTG Melee. Yeah. And then now we're reading it off MTG Goldfish. So if there's anything wrong with the data, I'm reading off MTG Goldfish. It's telling us we have 141 uh people that entered into this tournament. Uh, we'll obviously still go through all the things we normally do yep. uh, we will i'm also going to preface this if you go to mtg goldfish or mtg melee some of the deck names are wrong yep. uh our first place winner theodore young uh it's putting his deck as jun combo which isn't even a deck nope. in
0: legacy but it's actually blue red delver well jun combo could be the witherbloom witherbloom Comm- in yeah in theory could be, but no, it yeah. is a Delver. It's yeah, literally Is a Delver deck. Just as an example of and, what that is. So, based on like, that, like some of the metagame summary we have, like we have metagame summary for the entire tournament, but some of it's probably not 100% accurate. So, just to preface that, just
1: to try to get everybody before they go, hey, you know, this is wrong. Yep, we know. We're just doing our best yeah, turn, with what the data we have.
0: Turns out the mono blue deck in fourth wasn't four color snowco. Correct.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how they got the names this wrong, but they did. So we're just going to be looking at the lists and telling you what they are. And for the most part, we'll be ignoring, you know, the deck names that, uh, like we said, first place, blue, red, Delver, Theodore Young, Jung. Um, Just looking at the list, this looks like it's what We expect this is the stock blue list. This red, is a uh, list.
0: mystic sanctuary list, but one brazen borrower, four bolts, one pyroblast in the main, a lot of four days of iteration. Lightning Bolt, yep. I think I said Lightning Bolt, but
1: doesn't look like there's anything super si- uh, spicy in the sideboard. Nope, this
0: is Delver showed up and did Delver things. Yep, and like I am, um, we had nine Delver decks in the top 32. Yeah, nine I, in the I top counted. 32. I did, I did count our top 32, nine. So that's a lot. That was like, one that was quite frankly what I expected. I'm kind of glad I didn't go. I just Delver's a part of Legacy. I get that. I don't like playing against Delver, especially when it's like I have to play around days when they have such efficient threats, it's kind of bullshit. And I'm glad I didn't have to play around Delver when probably over 20% of the entire meta was Delver based on data, and at least top 32. Don't Good worry, Good for Blue Red Delver. Healthy meta game
1: Shouldn't come to any, like at this point, if you're not coming to every tournament preparing to beat Blue Red Delver, then you're wasting your time by go,
0: to be perfectly honest. A really cool second place deck, though, that, like, yep. just popped out of nowhere.
1: Hidatsugu Consumes All has basically breathe life into grixis control again got second place even um, lich and walter let's do the top three
0: at least he's first yeah. second and third
1: so we've got uh four baleful Strix, three narsets two jace the mind sculptors and then like your typical like cantrip stuff and then you've got a decent removal suite mm-hmm. so we've got our six forces but so we've got fatal push thought sees sudden edict uh dress down and then hitetsugu consumes all yep so, this kind of
0: catch all three mana enchantment yep that turns into a 3-3 trample beater.
1: Yeah. So and to be perfectly honest, I'm kind of excited. Like that, I know you personally don't like those cards.
0: Oh, not the Hitsuga, just I don't want to play against Grix's Control. <laughs> but like I I like
1: Grix's Control as a uh, as an archetype, and it's actually one of the decks I had built before they did a whole bunch of bands. Like correct. I was I was working towards it. Um back in the Death era. Yeah, correct. So like it's I'm glad to see it's back. It's kind of a Kind of a slog to play against. It is, <laughs> especially when their way to win is chasing you out. Um
0: Fortunately, I think Hitzugo has taken that way to win slot. It, it has like, like Jace is obviously a great way to win, but I think Hitzugo with the, those are being four of them. Like, yeah, I think we're really leaning on that a lot more. Well,
1: it certainly helps. It's definitely uh, whether whether or not either one is Plan A or Plan B, whatever. But like, more. you have more threats. Consumes all could definitely do it, but. As far as when
0: I build a deck, I wouldn't be relying on, a in theory, a 3-3. You built this deck. Would you find a place for him to Turok, or do you think no, Rixis is better without him to
1: Turok? I think it's, I think him's time, at least in the current meta, has come and gone. The, I mean, to be perfectly honest, the biggest reason I wouldn't is is everywhere. The last thing you want to do is just tap out for, on turn two
0: to him somebody, and they just daze you. See hey, two cool things in the side here. First one is the Sedgemore Witch. This card saw tons of chatter around Sturkhaven because it was hyped as the uh, Black Monastery Mentor. Obviously, it's not as good, but it has a very good impression where it's a 3-2 menace for three. It's got ward pay three life, which it's always dying. Yep. Um, But it has magecraft. So whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery, make a 1-1 one, one pest token that has when it dies, uh, you gain a life. Now, obviously, those aren't monastery mentor tokens where they have prowess. Yeah. But just the idea that every single one of our instants and sorceries, which also is worth creature spells, but turns into a body, turns into a blocker, turns into an attacker. Only one of them. People thought it was going to see a like, play, but it's kind of cool to see it. And then Shatterstorm, good respect for Affinity as the I mean as our yeah eight cast is everywhere. Eight <laughs> cast was everywhere. It's the on,
1: second most played deck in the tournament.
0: Yes, at least on Sunday it was everywhere. And a one of Shatterstorm more mana destroy all artifacts. Like it's like Delver. Like you should build your main deck to beat Delver, or at least to have game against Delver. You should put a handful of sideboards to have game against Delver. You've got to dedicate some sideboard to Affinity. Um,
1: that was going to be something I I wanted to bring up the uh, that two JJM guy. I saw. He won the challenge again. With I saw. Cast. I think that's either second or third in a row. He's, so that's I mean, we talked impressive. about him, I
0: think, three weeks in a row. Yeah. So,
1: uh, moving on, we've got Elves fucking representing. So, excited to see that. Third place.
0: Brandon Carpenter.
1: Yep. So, we've got, uh, looks to be a fairly stock list. He does have one Yavamaya. I wonder if his dad's name is Michael.
0: <laughs> Dres- Dresden Files reference. So, the you people that read the Dresden Files, you're smiling yep, with
1: us. The one person <laughs> that listens to this that's
0: read the Dresden Files and played Shadowrun and played Gloomhaven is just like Dude. tickled the pink. Of- the number of people that we have reach out to us and talk about how happy they are, you talk about Final Fantasy, whatever, 11, is yep. astonishing. It's a good game. It's just an old game. Is this how you build elves?
1: Uh, I Now, obviously the guy got third in a 5K. So yep. that's better than I've ever done in any turn. I've won one one K and top aided a few other. Uh, I don't know how much I would be running Yavimaya in a twenty percent Dover meta. Um, really, what you it does some things, but primarily what that's in there for, at least the top end for me, is being able to use, uh, it turns your guy's cradle into a forest, and then you can bounce it and play it again, so you effectively get an untap with your guy's cradle. So the ceiling there is pretty high, but I don't. I personally don't know if I'd be running it. Just given To me, it just screams win. win more. Right. Like by the time, the number, uh, typically ten. speaking, if you have creatures and a guy's cradle, yeah. you're going to win anyways. It's and
0: happened, but like I have, ne- I very rarely has my opponent untap with a guy's cradle and that already wasn't enough. Right.
1: And so like putting that in there when you also already have the and two Bayou's and four Cradles, you're only running two basic forests. I like to run three, especially with Delver everywhere. Um, That to me, that's probably not what I would run. Obviously he did very well. Yep. So like, you know, I'm not gonna talk shit about a guy who's done better than I've ever done. Are you st-
0: are you still on the nettle sys package over the what's it called?
1: Uh yeah. I I've still uh so there's Elvish yes, the there's Reclaimer. Yes, there's basically package. reclaimer elves and effectively Sentinel Elves. Yeah. So one's trying to be a little more explosive, one's trying to be a little grindier and a little like the reclaimer elves, you're going to get cradle eventually. Like, so you kind of give yourself some inevitability there. Yep. Whereas Nettle Sentinel, you've you, you sacrifice some consistency like we always talk about for that like explosive turn two or turn three where you can just
0: go yep on. and there's a lot of times where are just pinging someone for two or four every turn like yeah, it being is, able to go Nettle turn Sentinel's a beast it is when you start getting attacked for four a turn it's yep. scary especially it, starting on, looks... it,
1: yeah it's it's almost always a you can it's got like pseudo vigilance it, Nettle Sentinel's just a very good card hey four color
0: snow control yep yeah so
1: this is one of those decks that uh, was <laughs> misnamed we've got uh, eight cast coming in and fourth
0: this looks very similar to what jim has been running. I think yeah, he won one with. Three ca- three uh, thom- or sorry, three Sorry, Capacannoneer, the full eight cast, uh, three Psy, three Emery, and just a ton of Zero Bobbles and there's a Saga pack. Two Odawara, the Flooring City, which is an amazing removal spell we've been, we've been talking about a bunch.
1: Yep, just no reason not to run that in this deck.
0: Fairy Macabre on the side is really cool Graveyard Hate. I love Fairy Macabre as Graveyard Hate. It's not as good as Surgical. Counterable is... There's a lot of decks. I remember I used to play... Uh, We'll go to Dragon. We just scoop to Fairy Macab. Like, if they bring a Fairy Macabre and have it, we can't. They just wait till it's in
1: the graveyard and the trigger's on the zap. You but just don't.
0: can't. Some decks just can't beat Fairy Macabre because, I mean, learn
1: Stifle. Yep. And on top of that, there are instances where getting two cards against, like, Remader is actually better than yes. the uh, Surgical. Yep. So, it's just like, well, it's if easy. they have a Iona and
0: yeah. a well, Grizzle Brand oh. with Exhume, it's easy is a rough thing to say, but it's very doable to play around a surgical with yeah. Exhum. Yep. Get a second Entomb or get two things in there and cast Exhum. You can pick one of them. Yep. So pick the one you don't want. Yeah. Whereas something like Reanimate, obviously you would wait till they target
1: it and get it. But like, you, there but you are a lot re- of instances where getting that yeah. second creature
0: is pretty important. Fifth place is pretty sweet. I'm happy to see this. Yes.
1: So before, like if you go down this list, the tabletop price, four grand, five grand, elves is almost six and a half, $2,000 for... Uh, eight cast 184 bucks
0: 184 dollars
1: bono red burn bringing home fifth in a legacy five
0: how does it feel uh sixth seventh and eighth <laughs> your two thousand and four thousand dollar decks losing to two hundred dollars yep just gonna
1: beat uh if i remember correctly if anybody's interested i don't uh it's indomitable i believe he actually did a tournament report and posted it on reddit Oh, yeah. yes. I could be wrong there. I want to double check that and I'll I'll double check it before if we I can, like move on. If I can
0: find it tonight, I'll get it tagged.
1: That'd be yeah. cool. He did a tournament report. Uh congratulations to him again. Like fifth place with Burn is awesome. That's that's skill. Yep. And like Four. Burn doesn't get a whole lot of respect because it's not a good like if you're gonna grind on Moto, Burn's not what you wanna be playing. It's yep. just not consistent enough. But the power is absolutely yep. there to spike a tournament.
0: This is a good price of progress, Matt.
1: Or price of progress oh, in the yeah. main. That's- I mean, when, when Blue Red Delvers run in four volcanics and a steam vents,
0: yeah. this is a Price of Progress meta. Other than that, I don't see anything um, super out of it. I'm not as familiar with Legacy Burn. I'm a little more familiar with Modern Burn. It looks... Is this exquisite uh, firecraft? Is that a common thing we see? Anymore, it has been. Like, the last time I was really looking
1: at Burn, it ran a couple exquisite firecrafts. Um, so he's messed around with the numbers a little bit. Uh, skewer the critics. Rift bolt, like rift bolt, used to be a four of, but now you've got light up the stage firecraft. So you've got a few like slightly different versions of cards. So you you know you're going to cut down on what used to uh the roiling vortex again. That's that's something that probably has been a staple since it's been legal, but hasn't been legal in terms of like what legacy how long legacy burn has been around.
0: I think it's just I think it's so important right now because there's so much life game like. The, one of the reasons Burn has such a hard time competing is there's a lot of life gain, right? I mean, even between swords and your own creatures, like, that can easily buy you the two turns you die to Burn. So that was pretty awesome. Good job. That yep. That's pretty
1: simple. Yep. So just looking at the list, or his sideboard, doesn't look like there's anything, like, super spicy in there. Uh, sixth place again, we've got eight cast again in sixth. This is an Urza eight cast list. Hey, there's one Urza in there.
0: Other than the one Urza, I don't see anything.
1: Different. Um, There's probably, without comparing them one to one,
0: Yeah, the, the main but even deck, like re, Even the very macabre's. Like, 3 Kappa. In fairness, this is only a 7 cast list, and I'm guessing that that one Thought Monitor is what became our Urza. Possibly a good switch. Like I've heard from many people that Thought Monitor is hard to cast. 7 is a lot. Even though it has affinity, 6 artifacts out is a lot to have to try and get this done. The only thing,
1: like, Urza is going to be very good when you can get an 8. I just don't know how often you're going to be hitting 4 with 16 in your deck. But, to be fair, you do blow through your deck with all the zeros. so I could be wrong. But, I personally, I don't... I haven't played the deck enough to make that call, and I, again, I don't want to be a Monday morning quarterback. Um, I don't oh, we know do. If our, Urza's pretty, not like
0: super spicy, but Urza's unusual. For yeah, that's what I see that as a fun of. Yep. Like, you, you're looking to get some, uh, turn some heads, get get a little like gotcha at a big 5k, throwing one or two of something in your deck that, I mean, is certainly a strong card, but is not meta, is a great way to get some good gotchas, and to, to give yourself that one out to a sticky situation. The thing
1: about Urza, like, I'm not sure... So you get one construct,
0: and everything. But then he doesn't really. But think about though. Everything else becomes a. It becomes a mox diamond. Mox, not mox yeah. diamond. Mox fire. Uh, um,
1: I just don't know how much like, or I don't know how much affinity actually needs it. Most of the time, again, these are slightly different decks, and I ha- I don't have a ton of experience with this. Most of the time, when I'm playing affinity, I you almost always hit a point where like you've got a bunch of mana, you just want cards. So I don't know. Again, I know. Thought monitors
0: are hard yeah. to cast, so you're kind of you've got some little yeah. you've
1: got some tension there.
0: Was it five man to spin the wheel?
1: Yeah, so I, I mean, I get I could see situations where you're definitely spinning the wheel a couple times, like you know, you play everything out with affinity, and then now you've got all these effectively mock sapphires that you can spin the wheel. Again, that you're just sacrificing consistency for yep. a, a slightly higher
0: ceiling. And we've done that. You go to a tournament. Yep. It's like, oh, yeah, I want to run something off the beaten path. One, because it's kind of fun, and two, just you get outs to situations you didn't think you. Yeah.
1: If there's something we're missing about Urza in there, let us know. Other than, but...
0: than Urza is an amazing card. It ma- yeah, it's he's... gonna make a
1: 10 Like, and then rounding it out yep. in seventh and eighth, we've got blue red Delver.
0: Both. Yep. So we have only had three Delver decks in the top eight, which three out of the nine in the top thirty-two. So, these decks look pretty similar. Uh, seventh place looks almost identical to first place. Eighth place is a little more interesting. Hop over to that one. Yeah. Because we've got, we got like a, uh, the coolest, we only have five forces in the main have, and we have a spell pier. Yep. That's, like, that's
1: where we're getting when we're talking about exciting changes in Delver is one has a spell pier. Yep. <laughs> but, um, not to toot my own horn. And I certainly wasn't the only one, but oh, I mean,
0: we called this when they banned Ragavan. In fairness, this one doesn't have, this one only has four forces. That has no force negation. Yes. So, yeah, we're down to four forces. We put a Spell Pierce in that slot for uh, less card disadvantage, I guess.
1: Yep. yep. Well, to me, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd run Force of Negation in the main. Like, if you know. It's a creature that, meta. Well, it's a creature meta and it's a Delver meta. And like, there are definitely cards you want to be forcing in the Delver matchup. But every time
0: you do that, you're two for one on yep. yourself. So like And not being able to do it on your turn is real. Yeah. Like the ha, not having protection for your stuff is real. So like like I think Force Negation is an amazing card, but it has very real drawbacks over force. Yeah,
1: and I'm to be perfectly honest, I think that's what makes it a perfect like yeah, they the it, it, I, I think it's the name of Force of Negation is stupid. Like the just, just don't they could have picked it any they literally other mix force of will and force of negation. Right. But you mean force of will and Sorry, pact of negation. Yeah. Whichever ones.
0: Um oh I think or a, maybe it's just of negate. I always like pact of negation.
1: But whatever. It's a perfect card for modern. Like, it was, in my opinion, like, you take Force of Will, you fix it, and then you put it in. So, uh, I think they did a very good job designing it. Yep. It's, again, like we always talk about, it's a card with downsides. So, I love, I Force of Negation's a great card. I think, I don't I don't think I'd be running two in the main deck in a format where, like, 25% of them are fair decks. Well, just one particular fair deck, then you got yeah. a bunch of other
0: decks. That's just me. So, our metagame summary this week. We actually have the whole thing. They didn't break it down to the top three. Yep, 32. we've got
1: the whole tournament. Um, so again, these numbers are going to be slightly off because some of the deck names aren't accurate.
0: We have 27 decks listed as other. Yes. Case, and so. like case in point, at least one of those is Jund Combo, which came in first and is is a Delta. Oh, some mess ups. But yeah, so
1: these these aren't going to be perfectly accurate. But just going with the numbers they have, we've got 20. <laughs> we have at least 27 of the uh entire tournament of blue red delver Bing. that's 19% um then we've got other at 19% 27 and like i said that's some amalgamation of these yep. and and there's some stuff and there's not tons listed of
0: crap that shows up in a paper tournament where it definitely doesn't get categorized as anything right
1: yeah one deck i just i just looked down on it it's grixis murfolk let's see
0: <laughs> and that's it's reanimator <laughs> isn't
1: that tin Fins? no it's actually murfolk uh, I, I just glint I, that's what the, that's what the name is, is it's listed as Grixis Murphy, Oh, but it's a reanimator but, deck. But it looks like it, it's some form of reanimator.
0: Gotcha. So all kinds yeah. of weird stuff.
1: Yeah, there's all kinds of weird stuff here. But what we do know for sure is that there were at least 19% of the meta is yep. blue red. Minimum. Devil. Yep. Uh, We've got another at least 7 or 8% of 8 cast. Uh, elves actually showed up a little bit, but not, I, elves is basically kind of right where it normally yeah. is at 4%. Same thing with Reanimator. Then you've got some control decks and lands.
0: Yep, just, um, just got control at three and a half. Four color control at five. Yep.
1: One dude showed up with ninjas.
0: Go ninjas. Standstill decks I saw in there.
1: <clears throat> yeah, yep. And it, overall it looks pretty representative. It looks like the Legacy meta
0: game. Put Delver out of there. It'd be fine. Hundred percent. You just yeah. took those twenty-seven Delver decks and randomly distributed them. Or look great. I mean, so like cut it in half. Yeah. So you know you still Delvers twelve percent
1: yeah. of the meta. Right. Twelve. Ten. Totally reasonable. Um or most played cards, Matt. This is gonna sound really familiar. Force of will, brainstorm, ponder, lightning bolt, and
0: pyroblast. So 64% <laughs> of decks have force of will, 58% have yeah, 57 have ponder. Oof, good. Um top played creatures. This
1: should come as no surprise to anybody. Merc Delver. Delver, Delver, DRC, Delver. Delver. Then we've got endurance, sideboards, and uh Emery for um A cast. Yep. And then top spells, exact same thing. Force of will. Brainstorm, ponder, lightning bolt, and pyroblast.
0: Literally, that's legacy. Yeah. So, congratulations to the winner, Theodore yeah. Young. Awesome job! Great. I'm, I, that's an amazing accomplishment. It's kind of surprising. Usually, paper metas and online metas don't sync up this well. Yeah. And, and this as far is, as top eight, like that, cool. that's well, synced up pretty well.
1: I think part of that, and this is just me spitballing here, is there's it's been so long since there's been like a bunch of paper events, yeah. people have had time to like catch up in paper to what yep. the online meta. is.
0: That makes sense. <laughs> that would be my theory. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm it's, yeah, it's, I mean, like, the only meta has, that, that's existed has been online. So people came to play the online meta. So yep.
1: oh, yeah, Legacy's still looking, uh, in my opinion, rough. Yep. I don't like I, seeing.
0: Yeah, if you're going to show them any format that has one deck at 20, 20% total minimum. And top eight looking at twenty five percent. I mean, it's and like, like if that's if that's it's a, currently
1: violating every rule that every other band If has got. That's
0: just what you decide your format looks like, and you're okay with it, and that's a dis- make not necessarily wrong. I just disagree. Get over to modern. So in modern, we had a five k on Sunday as well. Honestly, if I had gone, I probably would have played modern. Legacy has just been putting a bit of a sour taste in my mouth, even after the Ragavan ban. Because like I said, personally, I don't like playing against Delver. That's all you play against. It feels like like it's totally reasonable. You could have gone to your Probably seven or eight rounds of Swiss and played Delver three or four. Not to mention you made it to the top eight. You're playing it at least three. Times. Well, I shouldn't say at least. You're probably playing it once or twice. But in modern, which I would have probably gone and enjoyed, except the wife working kind of really was like, well, if I'm not going to be there alone, we'd plan on going to Indy anyway. So now we're driving separate. And the I'll just A bunch f- of logistical spend problems. time with my wife that day, and I highly recommend spending time with your wife if you can. Actually, pretty awesome. As long as you like your wife, it's the age-old tension between magic players and their significant (laughs)
1: others. (laughs) Do I play magic or do I not? Do I I play magic and get
0: divorced, or do I not play magic and keep my marriage? One of them is significantly cheaper. (laughs) It's true, but I'm not sure which one. (laughs) So, first place on uh, Sunday at the 5K was Living End, which is pretty cool to see. Living End's one of those decks that kind of comes and goes. Obviously, very powerful. We don't see it nearly as often, like consistently. But it's kind of like burn probably better than burn and like but it just has that power what's like if you forget about it if you forget living end is a problem you're going to lose to it case in point there's three living ends in the top eight like people showed up and forgot everybody <laughs> put their chalices away they put their chalices away and they put their i think they put their graveyard away because with lurus band graveyard just became way less of a like for sure problem I think a lot of graveyard hate made it into the binder instead of into the sideboard. this time.
1: Well, everybody now. probably pivoted to beat value decks yep. and then value
0: and control. These yep. these Omnath decks, troll decks. Yeah. So living end cleaned up. Um, they didn't have they didn't put up. And this, is, and this is this is what tells me they, they cleaned up. They're not even the top like five most common decks meta wise. And three of them made it to the top eight. So Andrew Bader, the living end deck came in first place. Looking at it, I don't see a whole lot different. And that's because we talked about these all the time. Living index; these cascades are kind of priced into a certain thing. Only get <coughs> things that cost more. You get things like negation and violent outburst, or sorry, so you get violent outburst and plus uh, agent as your like kickers. You just get tons of things that either cost more or cycle. Like so, in this one, we've actually trimmed down. We don't really have any like value spells at all. We have just things like things like grief and uh, street wraith. And you've got just got tons of cyclers. Probably the biggest thing I see that is a new interesting pickup is this colossal sky turtle yeah. from yeah. the new set, and it's it it makes sense. It's a very good. It's a very solid pickup. Like it doesn't cycle particularly well, but it is a six five, and it has these two really useful channel abilities that involve you just discarding it anyway. So
1: yep, I mean you it it cycles in the sense that like it as opposed to drawing a card, you're casting a spell. Yep. Yep. So you cast you know boomerang on a creature as opposed to drawing yep. a random card or. Off
0: the you put your solid back in, your, or yeah, your violent which, Outburst back in. Like, violent Outburst goes out, it gets spell pierced, turtle it back, play it again, like... Yeah, regrowth. The, 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 good, the, the play patterns there are solid. So I'm not surprised at all to see Colossal Sky Turtles, a two of, making their way in.
1: Well, and the big thing is, one of the, I should say, one of the cool things, so a lot of these cards aren't necessarily, a lot of them can couldn't really win the game by themselves. Like, in theory, you could chuck that and then cast Living End. You don't have to go yep. super deep with a six65 flyer Ward
0: two yeah, like it's yeah. strong that's that's like that's that's one of it's those that like by itself I probably don't think buys you into cascading the living end but that plus probably anything else well it,
1: it's one of those things like you wouldn't want to go that route but there's going to be a lot of games where you're yeah, if you're priced you're into forced it. to make bad decisions yeah. or lose and you go well I gotta have something on the board or I'm gonna lose yep. so it's there you go yeah. and it's 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 solid it's probably the not the fastest kill but it's probably the best
0: Probably with just with it's raw utility. Like you don't have to pay one to cycle a draw a card, but just the raw utility of bounce a thing to not die, usually. Or usually buy back your cascade spell. Or I mean or buy back your force negation. Buy back your like there's tons of stuff you want to buy back with that. Second place was an Azorius control list, uh piloted by Steven Brannan. Way to go. Snapcaster made it back into the top eight with three copies and Wandering Emperor made it with two. pretty happy to see that. So this is kind of a super friends-ish deck. We've got three Fairy Time Raveler, two Wandering Emperor, two Fairy Hero in the area, three Solitude in the main, three Snapcaster in the main, so Solitude to nitpick anything that's going to kill you, Snapcaster to get tons of value out of your things like prismatic Ending, March of Otherworldly Light with, a, with six targeted removal spells there, things like Supreme Verdict, and I guess Supreme Verdict is our only board wipe, like hardboard, board, or Archmage's Charm, or four Counterspell, or... Four, uh, only one memory deluge. that was four of. Them. Only one force negation. That's what, the, the counter spell suite. So you have nine counter spells. Only one memory deluge is kind of interesting. Usually, like that's such a powerful card. You want to see more of them. But if, there's, if they plan on the meta trending faster, memory deluge is a big. Yeah, you're mana taking sink. a turn off to minimum. Usually two turns because you're taking a turn off to cast the first time, and then you get late enough in the game. That's going to be a cool, turn itself Especially,
1: too. it's such an important turn. Like turn four, big. Just tapping out to draw two cards. Yeah, I mean I know it's more than oh, it's that, amazing. but you're it's amazing. But it is
0: too. Into... But for, turn 4 is an amazing turn. But it, a lot of games are trying to win on turn 4, especially now in modern. But a really interesting, not interesting a really good deck, a really common deck. We see these uh, basically Azorius control decks quite a bit. Like it's technically a three-color list cuz you have fire and ice and crumbled a couple red pips. This is basically Azorius control with seven planes. Man, decks. if you
1: curved out with this deck, that's brutal. Yeah. Like, you go turn 3 to turn 4. Holding up counterspell manage mana, flash in Wandering Emperor, turn five Teferi again.
0: Like, that's a beat. you would never... I I don't know how you come back from that. Until they print Supreme Verdict for Planeswalkers, I don't think you... I just, even two Planeswalkers. You know, you've seen how just quickly you fall behind when you get hit with two Planeswalkers. Well, and the, this is one of the things... Like, I was
1: on, 100% on board with you with the Wandering Emperor. I do agree with you. That's a very good card. It protects your other planeswalkers. So like being able to just curve out like that. And you know, you got Teferi, the two Teferi's doing the work to take over the game and the wandering emperors just sitting there like guarding them just keeping them alive. Out
0: things. Spitting yep. out uh samurai's making them bigger. Third place, uh Derek, Family Gathering, is gonna be happy to hear Golgari Yoggmoth. So Yoggmoth combo came in at uh third place. Kyle Hodar, Kyle Hodar piloting it. I'll have to ask him i'm not sure what this list normally looks like like your young wolves your strangle root guys your wall of roots like all of this this yog moth it's it's working off of uh these undying creatures where basically once you've got two creatures with undying you can Yogg moth for as le- at least as much life as you have infinitely and drawing cards the whole
1: time yep and typically you have something like a throat the cutthroat so that will, you can literally go in literally
0: infinite the other one is uh what's that three block? yeah you messenger also just yep, yep and just wins the game. Like that's you have a couple infinite loops. You get to run four coal uh quarter calling, which is such a beating of a card. Like the ability the ability to use that convoke and even though it's three green, go so wide with these little piddly creatures like Essence Warden, Birds of Paradise, Young Wolf, Ignoble Hierarch, just like Unturned, slam out, go Tutor up and slam out your uh well, I guess you can't get Yoggmoth. No, you can't I think of Green Sun Zenith. You can get yeah. you can get any color creature. So you slam out your Yogg Moth and just go quiet crazy. I mean slam out literally anything game. Well and you it lets
1: you Play out your undying creature. They effectively accelerate you, and then they become mana dorks. Then they they become mana dorks, and then they are in there for the combo kill. And not to mention, like
0: Strangleroot Geist also just kills you quickly. A two mana haste that becomes a three two haste just kills you fast. Like this deck can uh, can absolutely just run great aggro plan and blank a lot of your like non exile removes just going down on cards. And you're like, I guess I'll lightning bolt your Strangleroot Geist and give you a bigger creature. Clicking the sideboard don't see anything really crazy a lot of one of's but that kind of makes sense because you're running a tutor package with order calling and the elders evolution don't see anything particularly So fourth and fifth place are both living index uh if i take a look at these i didn't see anything that like jumped out at me as like different at all again once you find the ideal list which is like the ideal list runs the sky turtle yep um, i mean we have two fire and ice in one of them that's different <laughs> but other than that they're basically the same Sixth place was a deck we haven't seen in a very long time. Is it Breach? So, uh, using Through the Breach to get out, usually an Emrakul? Is that what we're doing? Yep. No. No, this is a Thassa's Oracle Through the Breach. I'm think Through the Breach as a great way to cheat out Emrakul or some giant monstrosity. Yeah, this is a grinding station. This is a grinding station. Is this even Through the Breach? This isn't Through the Breach. This looks like it's just... This isn't Through the Breach. Surprise! I wonder if it's called Through the Breach because it runs Underworld Breach. Yeah, this is Grinding Station. I am so sorry. Grinding Station and Underworld Jesse Robkin, I mislabeled your deck. So yeah, this isn't. This is uh, uh, Thassa's Oracle Grinding Station, you, getting to utilize Underworld Breach. Which after playing some modern with it, playing Little Storm deck, that card is so stupid. I never played it in Legacy. I missed that. I just didn't play it during the three weeks it was legal. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that card is stupid. That card is so. You know Moss will? let's make it cost two. Oh my gosh, <laughs> and doesn't an ex- and they don't exile either. You can just yeah. you can slam that on like turn five and just keep casting the same spell. But yeah, so utilizing grinding stations, so you sacrifice some artifacts to uh, make somebody mill three cards, and then you can an artifact comes into play, you untap it. Tons of ways to bring artifacts back, especially with Emery, and syncing the game up with a Thassa's Oracle. Mill yourself out to zero. Thassa's Oracle for the win. Nice, nice, powerful, and relatively fast combo deck. Sideboard doesn't look like anything particularly interesting. Uh, you do have one Urza in the side, which is kind of cool. You have two torn mud scripts. So, somebody packed their graveyard hate. Yeah. And case in point, I mean, they didn't beat the living ends in the top eight, but they made it to the top eight. And then uh, seventh place was a blue affinity list. Matt, yep. how's this looking? So, for? we're going to
1: bring it back real quick and do the whole price game again. Oh, are we? So, we've got 900 and first, 1200 800, 900, 800, 1200, $297. $300. <laughs> Mono blue affinity. So, we've got the same kind of thing going on in modern that we do in legacy. the what people would consider budget decks still have game. Yep. So you don't need to think you need to spend six thousand dollars to get into they're this. not as consistent, but the power level is definitely yes, there. The ceiling is still high enough to win a tournament. So yeah, this is a pretty straightforward uh mono blue affinity list. Uh it looks very similar to what I have sitting in my deck box. Um, I'm not if I'm <laughs> running gingerbread or not. I think I am.
0: Do relic in the main. Makes me wonder if that's a leftover from Loris or like if he planned on or he, he or she they planned on running that severe graveyard hate in the with well, the, Saga. The
1: cool thing about Relic in this deck is it's still like it's a one mana effectively mana dork that, that cycles later on and you do almost.
0: Guard. That's true. That's a good So point. like
1: it there's it's one of the sideboard cards that just has almost no downside. Like the ceiling may not be very high but the floor's you know right there. Yep. Like you're fine paying one for like if all it does is cycle and trigger affinity. Then it's okay. Yeah. I'd actually thought about putting a couple in mine. One thing I really wanted when I was playing Affinity was Mishra's Bobble. Putting at least one Mishra's Bobble. There's just times where what you want to do with your Urza Saga is draw another draw card. card. And uh I mean relic like a percentages that's it one of the things free. it does, but it doesn't do it for free. Yep. I don't I don't think I had a nettle cyst. I only I didn't play.
0: Yeah, you played like you know, you played like a couple of Friday Night Magics. You were still kind of got busy. Sure do I just like the wolves so much. They gotta eat. Let's wrap this thing up. Uh, We're getting long for what's going to be a quick episode. Eighth place was a Merktide list. It's pretty much the Merktide list we see rolling around in the challenges every week. ERC, Ragavan, Merktide, full four ofs. Consider Lightning Bolt, Unholy. Four Lightning Bolt, four Unholy. Fuck your board, (laughs) right? (laughs) Four four Counterspell, four Iteration, four Charms. These decks are, these remind me of what Hogak decks look like when it's like we know what we want to do and we're running four of everything. We aren't splashing for nothing. personally really enjoy running decks that just have a bunch of it's yeah. one of the things i like about elves a lot yeah that's why i like playing hogek so much like it's just like i love the simplicity of like i'm here to play these cheap recursive threats and that's all i care about it's a lot of fun whereas like obviously i my main deck being control deck is a lot of fun like cantering through looking for answers solving problems but these decks were and this is a bit of a, con- a tempo-y control deck so it's harder to play but the idea of just like yeah, I do the same thing most time. I I play my things, I kill your things, and I counter the things I can't. I'm kill. gonna
1: take care of the worst couple threats you or the best couple threats you play and beat you to death with a DRC.
0: Pretty cool to see Mistress Bobble down to eleven bucks a piece. Nice. They were they were sitting around twenty ish. Well, that's one of the paper. reasons why I didn't have Mistress yeah. Bobble in my. <laughs> they are annoyingly expensive for an uncommon. I think They're uncommon. Yeah, they
1: keep printing them in uncommon. I don't.
0: It's <laughs> expensive, I guess. So same thing for this, where we have the whole metagame. So our number one deck starting at 9% was Mark Tide Regent. Now that we did have 26 decks, but we also had, I think, 286 people. So literally twice as many people showed up to play, yep. which it makes sense. I mean, that's I kind of expected to be I, actually a bigger gap. I expected there to be less than half as many legacy players as there were modern players one forty to 280. So it's actually kind of cool to see that we have a relatively thriving legacy. Meta. It's one of the
1: things that's actually kind of frustrating because
0: it's so hard to get like them in one place. So
1: the issue I have is for the past I mean almost a year now, the legacy meta game has been mediocre at best. Oh, at best. And people are still showing up in numbers to play. Like I always I always look at this and I go, "Well, can we imagine where it would be if we would just actually keep the format in line?
0: Yeah. If it was awesome." So if like if we had I mean, a legacy it, panel making every two weeks a banning to to fix problem decks like they do on Popper. But anyway, 9% Murktide Regent. Eight percent or seven and a half percent was burn. That's pretty cool. Yep, doesn't surprise me when you can show up for a hundred bucks and play in a tournament. No kidding. Uh, Other six percent. Death shadow at six percent. Probably the deck took the, took the biggest hit with the Luris ban, still showing up in a in a very respectable number, six percent. So yeah, and I mean, got tenth place. Like death shadow is yeah, very, very much really still a deck. Five and a half percent amulet titan. Four and a half percent hammer time. Four percent footfalls. Where where is living in? We don't get to living in until three and a half percent. Three of them made it to the top eight. So in total, 10 decks. 30% of the living end decks made it to the top eight. That's pretty well cool. Well done, guys. Yeah, good job. Good playing. But, uh my god. How long you have to scroll to get through all the decks that got played? The metagame is know. so wide. There's there's four times as many just like the raw number of decks, different decks, than there were. Than there were for, yeah. Now, Legacy is a much more refined metagame just in general, but like, like crap. Top creatures, Ragavan, DRC, Solitude, Endurance, Merktide. Uh, we only have top three... Oh, I'm sorry, I missed it. Top cards. Lightning bolt, rag of counterspell, expressive it's bobble. I want to point out Lightning Bolt, which is just a such a crazy um card. Yep. 30% of decks, literally half of Force of Will, and a little more than half of Brainstorm. And I mean Lightning Bolt is just one of the most efficient, like multi-tool cards ever yeah, printed.
1: It's one of the best answers
0: and one of the best threats. Yeah. Uh top spells. Lightning bolt, counter spell, expressive iteration, mistress bubble. Charismatic ending. Before we wrap up, our basically our uh, SCG con. tons of cr- tons of credit to everyone that went and played. Obviously, all the top eight people, hard fought tournaments. These were long days. Way to go, men, women, everyone involved.
1: Well done, everyone.
0: All right. Um, with it being a shorter episode and a quiet week in Magic, I didn't really have anything else I wanted to talk about as a closing topic, a third topic. So I thought we kind of just wrap it up, unless there's something you wanted to bring up.
1: Unless you want to sit here and talk about Shadowrun for another 20 minutes. If you agree <laughs> to edit it, sure. <laughs>
0: I'll edit that 20 minutes. <laughs> so be prepared for 45-ish minutes of good podcasts and then 20 minutes of completely unedited podcasts. Correct. <laughs> As we wrap up today, I do want to remind everybody, please, if you can't come check us out, donate to our Extra Life fundraiser we're hosting on Saturday. Obviously, it's a great cause. kids To the hospital that helps these kids just get on with their life, hopefully. Good cause. I really appreciate you guys helping helping out. I'd love it if you came out and watched a little bit. Check us out and like make sure and tell Will and Aramis that you're there because we I love rubbing it in their face when we get to like if we bring people to the discord or if we bring people to the group. I think we're like approaching similar listenerships with them. I think we're still behind them, but we're kind of growing with them. And like we're we're both both our podcasts are doing really well. And I love reminding them that, that every time I chant every chance I get because Will loves reminding me every chance he gets that they're the mothership show and they've been doing it longer. So, and friendly. We would not be where we are without them. 100%. 100%. All joking aside. But I also love rubbing his nose that we're doing well. So, yeah, yeah, come out, let them know. Join the Discord, discord discord.planetargetpodcast.com. Tell them we sent you, and then leave the Discord. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Just tell them, like, hey, I'm here because Cantor Cartel rocks, and you guys kind of suck. Bye.
1: (laughs) It's such a loving it's place to be. <laughs> it is a really positive
0: community. We do all kinds of fun stuff. So we also just like screwing with each other. We do like screwing with each other. We, keep, we try and keep it casual. So come in and say hi. We'd love to see you. Love to see you on Saturday, the uh, the 26th, 1 p.m. Eastern is where we're going to start. I think we have it scheduled to run at least in 6 or 7 p.m. We might run later. Um, If Will listens to this, Will and Amos are both pretty old. So they might bow out earlier. We'll see. But there's actually a really cool spectator mode that you Will runs it through his computer. He can just spectate games. doesn't even have to be there. We can, you know, even if we get past his bedtime, which is like 6 p.m., after his early Broad special. Well,
1: yeah, hours. you got to get to the old country buffet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, yeah,
0: so. Hey, will <laughs> <laughs> love you, buddy. Love <laughs> but come out and say hi, donate to a great cause, give us shit for playing commander and tell us all the misplays. Uh, if you want to reach out to us personally, you can email us cantripcartel at, at g.com. If you want to check out our Facebook group, I've been kind of quiet in there lately. I need more active working on it, Vic. I actually have a response I just haven't typed it out. Oddly enough. Uh, so Side Norna, the guy who recommended the deck we talked about last week, which a really yep. fun deck. That's Vic. Oh, gotcha. he actually he's actually super active in both. So hey Vic. That's our Facebook group, uh, just face, uh, Cantrip Cartel on Facebook, and you can even follow us on Twitter, at Cantrip Cartel, where basically I post whenever I'm doing, like, Magic you stuff. I try and keep anything interesting I see, I try and post it, and I try and follow us. Yeah, and if you've up. got any topics you want us to discuss, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, throw like it up Like there. I said, Signorna gave us that really cool Tameshi deck to talk about last week. We had a lot of fun going through that. So if you have, like, a deck you're brewing, or something you heard about you think is ink or a topic you thought would be, like, fun to, yep, for us just to do, just stir the pot. Yeah, yeah. we'd love to, oh, we really love to talk about stuff, like, especially these Quiet Weeks. Not a lot's happening. Love having something interesting. Yeah, it's a
1: very interesting place to be in where you're like, you, you want wizards to be active, but you know that whenever they're active, they mess stuff up.
0: Yeah. So you're like, hey, uh, give us something to talk about. I want them to be active and make good decisions, but that won't happen. Yeah. They'll be active and make bad decisions. Don't want that to happen. Yeah, coming from Watsy,
1: no news is good I news. I want
0: content to talk about, but I don't want them to make bad decisions. I feel like I'm entering a paradox. But Matt, is there anything I'm forgetting? Got it all. Well, I think in that case guys next week. Have a nice night, guys.